Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Hello everyone, I'm Kelly Chia, Deputy Head of Research Asia at Bank Julius Baer and welcome to our weekly podcast. Today, we will talk about Japan. But first, let's do a quick review of the US markets because what happens there affects every other market. US stocks made all-time highs again last week. This was triggered by a strong earnings guidance by the world's largest semiconductor company. And that spread to the rest of the stock market. We have repeated in late 2023 that the semiconductor cycle has bottomed and this has finally been confirmed. There are still some concerns like slowing overall growth in the market and overly bullish positioning, but it does seem like the path of least resistance over the next 12 months is up. Now back to Japan. The Japanese market had a good performance so far with the main Nikkei index now up more than 7% as we speak. Even in dollar terms, the market is up more than 2%, which is on par with the US. So let's recap why Japanese stocks are doing so well at the start of 2024. The most recent move has been driven by investors expecting a more dovish central bank of Japan. Mr. Makoto Sakurai an ex-governor of the BOJ said in a high-profile interview that the BOJ will probably only normalize policy very slowly. The very next day, many banks scaled back their expectations of an aggressive rate policy normalization. We at Julius Baer have stuck to our forecast of a very gradual one, just like what Mr. Makoto-san said. And he has basically confirmed our views. Our dollar-yen forecast stays at 140 in the 3 and 12-month view. Mr. Makoto's words come with very high credibility. First, he predicted correctly that an adjustment to the yield curve control program would come to an end around the fall of 2022. And the central bank did just that in December of that year. In October of 2023, he raised the possibility of an end to the negative interest rate in the last months of last year, but only gradually. So anyway, all of these things have panned out, so it really pays to listen to him. And because of him, the yen has been depreciating again. And this is one of the key reasons why this has helped Japanese stocks go higher. The other near-term driver are funds from China. Well, it seems strange because Chinese investors are not usual investors into the Japanese market, but it does seem like they are giving up on their own stock market and rotating to Japan. We expect this to, of course, have its ups and downs. For example, the rush to buy onshore Japanese ETFs in China have reached such fever temperatures that at one time pushed the price of these onshore ETFs to 10% above its net asset value, causing trading halts to the ETF product. Anyway, if the Chinese stock market continues in its current poor state, we can expect more flows from the onshore Chinese people to consistently head to Japan. So that's the short term. It can get choppy, but the original reasons why we like Japan is still valid. So let's recap the top reasons again. First and most important, companies are changing or being forced to change. 
So just two weeks ago, on the 15th of January 2024, the Tokyo Stock Exchange did exactly what it said it would do and started to publish a list of companies that disclosed initiatives to number one, lower its cost of capital, and number two, to improve valuations, which also makes share prices rise. This was basically a name and shame list. Okay, And this list will be updated monthly to add constant pressure for everyone on the prime exchange to disclose these kind of initiatives. Anyway, the latest disclosure showed that 40% of the stocks in the prime section have disclosed initiatives. And this compared to 31% in the middle of 2023. We expect more to come as Japanese corporate culture would move senior management to conform. Yes, we definitely need to see if there'll be follow-through or these are just empty words. But overall, this is a positive step. Secondly, investors are still quite underweight the Japanese stock market. In the last 10 years, foreign investors have pulled 100 US billion dollars from the Japanese stock market. This is even taking into account the 28 billion dollars that came into Japanese stocks during the bull run of 2023. We acknowledge that these foreigner fund flows can be quite fickle, can be quite flighty, but with no real China alternative. At this point in Asia, I think we expect these funds to keep finding a home in Japanese assets. However, there is a flip side to money flows. And we admit not all the ducks are perfectly lined up on this. We previously expected the revamp of the retail investment program called NISA to bring an avalanche of fund flows into the local stock market. Unfortunately, most recent data that we checked actually showed the Japanese retail investors buying more US, global, and Indian stocks and not really Japanese stocks. Well, we still stick to our call that locals will eventually buy local assets, just like most investors in most parts of the world. This is because the new revamped NISA program allows up to 18 million yen which is more than 120,000 US dollars invested to be exempted from taxes indefinitely. Third, Japanese companies are just one of the few globally that are getting their earnings revised upwards. And this means fundamentals are still pretty sound. So this is a last final subjective observation. Japan actually remains one of the very few countries that are considered safe. So as people shift from buying things to buying services, like going on holidays, they really want to enjoy their hard-earned time off. The safe environment, great food, polite culture that Japan gives to its tourists is a very strong, intangible case for Japan. There's no need to keep our hands in our pockets to prevent someone from stealing our phones or our wallets, or to consistently look over our shoulders, or to worry something's going to happen to our young kids that are with us. This will only serve to raise the visibility among number one global travellers and among the global travellers are definitely investors too. In fact, I speak from experience. I'm just back from Japan last month and I'm already slated to go to Japan a few more times this year. So that's all I have for you today. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. This is Kelly. Take care, stay safe and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. 
If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com/legal/podcast for further important legal information.